0: Putin's provocations in Ukraine are the most important crisis we've seen since the end of the Cold War. So much is on the line, including the future of the international democratic order. Now, my name is Paul Massaro. I'm an expert on corruption and sanctions, and I really focus on the Europe-Eurasian space. Uh, And I work at a body called the Helsinki Commission, where I'm an advisor to Congress on fighting corruption, particularly strategic corruption and authoritarian corruption, uh, with a big focus on the kind of corruption emanating from the the Putin regime. Now, let me set the table and what's going on here. Um so Putin has been in a cycle of escalation and de-escalation with regard to troops on the Ukrainian border. Um, and Putin is very angry that Ukraine has pursued this this Western orientation, that it's su- succeeded uh, uh, in many respects with its anti-corruption and democratic reforms. Um, and, you know, he seeks to reassert Russian, uh, dominance of Ukraine uh, now. Putin's rule, the Putin kleptocracy, is based on essentially keeping two groups of people happy, or at least you know uh, quiet, or 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 unable to uh, unable to affect his rule. And those are the Russian people on the one hand, and then on the other hand are his oligarchs and elites. So he is always walking this tightrope uh, that demands that his on the one hand his uh, his oligarchs be happy, and they're happy when they have access to the West. And then that the people not, you know, essentially lose patience with his rule, and that and that demands a few things. That demands, of course, heavy-handed repression tactics, um, and then of course it also means um, uh, creating a common enemy. So you you have the situation in which he needs the West to be both the common enemy and also uh, to keep access to the West financially. Um, and this is this is a scenario in which you know perhaps he's gone too far you know he's 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 escalated beyond what he can successfully back down from uh and many are now saying many very smart uh observers are now saying oh this is this is the one this is he's going in you know um and how could he not because now how can he now back down and that's that's where we find ourselves and what are we going to do now uh putin has uh followed A strategy of using strategic corruption, that is the co-opting of Western elites, um, and especially former elites like Gerhard Schroeder, the former Chancellor of Germany, um, and other, and of course, Francois Fillon, the the former Prime Minister of France, and so on and so forth, um, to exert influence in the political systems of these countries, as well as, you know, slip money into these countries, uh, dirty money stolen from the Russian people, of course, um, through his oligarchs. And this is all used uh, to create influence in these systems, um, and of course, strategic corruption is useful to uh, exploit cleavages that are already there. So this is going to this is going to represent itself differently in in different places. Like in the United States, it would be uh, used to exacerbate the U.S. tendency toward isolationism, uh, or in Germany, for instance, it used to it'd be used to exacerbate the sort of German tendency toward um, kind of anti-war or pro-Russian sentiment that has already exists within the country because there's this kind of like uh, a German perspective of of viewing Russia as another you know great civilization, and 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 we kind of saw a a strange um, uh, view of this when the when the German uh, navy chief, in fact, uh, was caught on camera talking about how you know Russia and Germany are these great Christian nations and must work together uh, against China and so on and so forth. Um, who, who then resigned. So we're in a very strange situation where NATO now has mobilized, uh, sending sort of troops to other NATO countries, uh, trying to uh, uh, create a deterrent effect, and also sending um, huge aid to Ukraine. But then Germany is there actually undermining that. The other sort of saying, no, we're not going to send weapons, um, we're not, we're actually going to block. Estonia from sending weapons for a time, not even sending, uh, uh, protective gear, like, you know, combat vests and helmets and so on and so forth. Um, and then also on the sanctions front where the United States is preparing, you know, s- the strongest sanctions threats one could think of, um, Germany is there actually, uh, saying, no, we need prudent, you know, quote unquote sanctions. Uh, we need, uh, to, to take off the table the the threat of actually what's called de-swifting Russia that would be to remove them from kind of the bank information exchange system which would block their banks from Western access. Uh, we need to remove you know energy from the table sanctions on energy uh, which would include things like the Nord Stream two pipeline which has been a point of great controversy even before this. So it's a very it's a very fraught situation in which the NATO alliance looks. Divided, uh, You know, Italy is another country that's been uh, having trouble essentially um, sticking in with the NATO approach here. But but, you know, it hasn't been quite as quite making the headlines as Germany has. Um, but in any case, uh, this is this is the effect of strategic corruption over the long term, that we can't pool our alliance together uh, in times of crisis like this. And be sure this is the biggest crisis we've seen in 30 years. So for more, please follow me at, at APMASSARO3. That's at APMASSARO3 uh, on Twitter. I am a prolific tweeter, um, and I look forward to engaging with all of you. Thank you.